Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. When I first formulated it, nobody liked it. Nobody in my team wanted me to launch it. It has a slick texture. It's not a typical texture. But from the first time I put it on my face, my pores looked different. Redness was diminished. The acne breakouts didn't last as long, on and on. And I said, you know, it's Paula's choice. (laughs) The buck stops here. We're launching it. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. Hey, Breaking Beauty fam. Hey, Carlene, how are you? I'm good, Jill. How are you? Good. I'm pumped because today we are ticking off an interview from our beauty founder bucket list. Yes, absolutely. We have a doozy for you today. And I just want to remind you about our back catalog of episodes because we've been collecting almost like an encyclopedia here of beauty brands and the origin story behind them. So if you haven't listened to the story behind Mac with Frank Toskin, uh, how Glossier got started with Emily Weiss, Oma Beauty, Anastasia Beverly Hills. I mean, get in there. We have so many to enjoy. So many words of wisdom over the last almost four years of doing our show. So today we bring you the one, the only, Paula Begon, the founder of Paula's Choice Skincare. As some of you may know her, She's also known as the cosmetics cop. That's right. And Business of Fashion has called Paula's Choice the original internet beauty brand because it launched direct to consumer over 25 years ago. I mean, nobody was doing that back then. Nobody. Yeah. That's when like your modem would still take over your phone line when you wanted to use the internet and you'd be like, I'm triggered. And then you'd ask your, you'd ask someone for a credit card and they're like buying things on the internet. Like no way. So she was ahead of her time. And, you know, aside from being the founder, Paula was a lifestyle reporter for a long time. She was a radio host and she's got a great voice, by the way. And she's also the author of several books on the beauty biz, most notably Don't Go to the Cosmetics Counter Without Me, which I believe all told have sold nearly 3 million copies and they've been translated into eight languages. That's right. And Paula's position from the get-go has always been that skincare and cosmetics should be based on real science instead of marketing. And as such, a big part of her mission has been to educate, which is why her ingredient dictionary on the Paula's Choice website is so incredibly popular. I've used it myself when I'm writing some articles, along with the website she created that's dedicated to product reviews. It's called beautypedia.com. In 2016, Paula stepped back from her namesake company. And it's interesting, though, because 
I feel like this brand has never been more popular. I mean, Gen Z is obsessed mm-hmm. with it. When we had skincare by Hiram on our show, he called her best-selling product sorcery in a bottle, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just really fascinating that this kind of like no frills, but very effective brand has found new life on the internet. And it's kind of unusual because normally when a founder steps back, you see that the brand loses a bit Mm -hmm. of steam, but it's kind of the opposite in this case. It's true. I was doing some research on Reddit and, you know, I'll go down these wormholes and I just find Paula's Choice is being recommended over and over and over again in these skincare forums. And Mm -hmm. I understand it's actually one of the five most talked about skincare brands on Reddit. So we thought it was a great time to revisit the whole origin story on how it got started. Yeah. And we even asked the PR about this phenomenon of it being so hugely popular once more. Their chief marketing officer, Erica Kussman, replied that hashtag Paula's Choice has grown on TikTok by 20 times since last year. And, you know, people are loving the skincare content. Yeah, she said that searches for ingredient information on their site are up over 132% year over year. And what's really smart is that, of course, they then use that search information to pivot and give the people what they want when they want it. So in other words, if you're searching up niacinamide, guess what? In eight months, there might be a new niacinamide product. So smart. You can like reverse engineer this way. If you really want a product from Paula's Choice, just go on their site, guys, and Google (laughs) what you want. And maybe it will magically appear a few months Mm -hmm. later. And as always, today you're going to hear about the number one best-selling product behind the brand. That is the 2% BHA liquid exfoliant. It sells for $29.50 US. Jill, you're a longtime fan, right? Yes, I've used this over the years many times. The hero ingredient in this is salicylic acid, BHA salicylic acid, as we know. And it's really a wonder product for anyone who has texture, any kind of acne, congestion on your face. I personally have like been liking it in the last little while because of mask knee, mm. because I find it is one of the only solutions that is good for cystic okay. acne on the chin. Mm-hmm. And it has such a unique texture. When you put it, you apply a little on a cotton ball, you spread it all over cleansed skin. You can do it once or twice a day. I just do it once a day mm-hmm. at night. It's kind of almost has like a slip yeah. to it, but it just is so unique. And then I feel like it just kind of like is able to dissolve all of that bacteria that would eventually cause yeah. you know you to break out. So it's getting deeper into the skin. Yeah. And I feel like it's just such a ride or die product that you can just rely on and it's going to get you through any breakouts or any congestion and it's zero irritation. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the other wonderful thing about it is that if you have redness or irritated skin, it's not going to make your skin worse. Mm. It's going to make it better. That sort of texture you described, it reminds me of like those softening toners that I love from like Shiseido Mm -hmm. and that. Like it must have hydrating ingredients as well. I love that. It's like instant results. Like your skin looks glowier and better really after just one time using it. But that then over time, your skin is clearer and better and it really is worth the hype. Fun fact, in the height of the pandemic, the brand launched kind of like a follow-up product. It's called the Paula's Choice 25% AHA and 2% BHA exfoliant peel. It was a limited edition. It sold like hotcakes, 96% five-star rating with customers. And it's back in stock, guys. It's a permanent edition now. So I just wanted to give you that PSA in case 
you were looking for it. Add to cart. So let's get into our chat with Paula. I know all of you want to hear from her. So today you're going to hear about her rise to becoming the cosmetics cop. Plus, you're going to learn about what myths she's busting these days and what ingredient she thinks will be next to pop off. No gimmicks, real science. Here she is, Paula Begon. Now, quick pause to hear about one of our new show partners, Sports Research. So Sports Research is a family-owned and operated company, and really their top priority is to develop quality health and wellness products that complement your healthy lifestyle. So they use the best ingredients, and they want you to reimagine your journey to better health and glowing skin from the inside out with the Collagen Beauty Complex Powder. So as we get older, our bodies, they produce less collagen. And we know that collagen is vital to help support the health of your skin, your hair, your nails, and your connective tissues. So this Collagen Beauty Complex is really the first collagen of its kind to feature red-orange complex, hyaluronic acid, vitamin C, and biotin. So this is a winning combo formulated to support a more youthful appearance. So I appreciate that the Collagen Beauty Complex is third-party certified and non-GMO verified. So you really know that you're getting the best ingredients possible. It comes in a trio of flavor profiles. So far, I've tried the unflavored one in my smoothie and that's totally tasteless. It gives a really nice creamy texture. It's not chalky at all. I also tried the strawberry lemonade flavor in cold water on ice. And right now, live on air, I'm going to sip the watermelon yuzu one. That kind of tastes like summer, honestly. I really like that it's easy to incorporate it into my day as well. So I just put one scoop in water, smoothie, coffee, and you're sort of good to go for the whole day. So we have a special offer for our listeners. If you go to sportsresearch.com and use the code beauty at checkout right now, you'll get 30% off site wide. It's the perfect time to sample the entire Collagen Beauty Complex lineup. That's 30% off site-wide at sportsresearch.com slash beauty with code beauty at checkout. Once more, that's 30% off site-wide at sportsresearch.com with code beauty at checkout. We'll link to that offer on our blog and in our show notes. Now back to the show. Hey friends, my name's Olivia Perez and I'm an entrepreneur, journalist, and the host of the Friend of a Friend podcast. Every Monday, I meet with some of today's youngest and brightest entrepreneurs to make space to tell their stories and shine a light on who I believe to be the next generation of luminaries. I'll interview up-and-comers and game changers from brand builders to personalities, activists, artists, and thought leaders from around the world. Each episode lets you be a fly on the wall during one of the greatest pep talks, like a conversation between you and a friend or a friend of a friend. See you there. Okay, Paula. So we know that you grew up in Chicago. So we're curious, what might your yearbook photo have looked like? More importantly, what was your relationship like with beauty and your skin at that time? Oh, it was hell. Oh, God. (laughs) It was was terrible. You know, from the day I got my period at the age of 11, I got acne and very bad acne. And I also had really bad eczema, actually childhood eczema that lasted until my uh, 20s. So I was a mess. And every product I tried either made my skin worse or didn't do anything. It, it was incredibly frustrating. So I would have been smiling in my yearbook picture with a very 70s hairdo. I'm back 70s. <laughs> God, wait a second. I graduated in, yeah, 71. And those were the days, there were no real flat irons in the days. So we used mm-hmm. to iron our hair. 
on the uh, ironing board. Oh yeah. So I would have had I would have had straight hair with my sister's help ironing my hair on the ironing board, <laughs> oh, and I boy. would have been miserable about my skin. I would have been yeah. miserable about my yeah. skin. Fast forwarding a little bit to uh, college, what did you aspire to be? What did you study? What did you graduate with? So I I didn't finish university. Whole problem with my parents because I dropped out about six credits short of a degree. But I was majoring in science with a specialty in neurology. After four years, I kind of knew I didn't want to be a neurologist. I mean, I loved it. I mean, I love science, but I didn't have a passion for that. You picked up and you moved to Washington, D.C. And yes. I understand that you started working as a makeup professional then. Yes. So was yeah. was beauty, is that when you sort of found your passion for makeup artistry and beauty or what led you to that? The makeup part was covering my acne. I just had a knack, and I'll never know why, to reproduce whatever I saw in a fashion magazine. The gurus at the time, or the the guru at the time, was Way Bandy and the work he did with Avedon, the photographer. And I just could follow his work. It was one, it was one of the ways I made money through college. And then it was one of the ways that I supplemented other income. I just loved doing makeup. It was Mm -hmm. great. So Mm -hmm. it mostly came from just wanting to cover up what I was struggling with. I also read that you were part-time a beauty counter girl at the time and that you got fired at one point. Tell us what happened there. Actually, I got fired twice. I, I And I learned, it just, it took twice to learn that that world wasn't going to work for me. I just couldn't say what the sales, you know, I was being trained on a line and I just couldn't say what they told me to say. I couldn't say astringents, closed pores. I couldn't say this product got rid of wrinkles, especially when the person training me had wrinkles. I mean, I just, I just couldn't say it. There wasn't the open counter concept that came about a handful of years ago. So if I thought another line had a better product and I walked over there to get it, that was like, so yeah, I got fired. It it was, it was clear that wasn't going to be the the direction of my life in the world of beauty. Enemy lines. You went from the clinique to the art encounter and it's like, bye. Curious, like what, what was the connection or how you made the leap from working at a beauty counter to becoming quote unquote, the cosmetics cop. So tell us about that. I was doing all the celebrity makeup, the sports people, anybody famous who came into town because I was kind of it in terms of any international or, you know, status as being a makeup artist. And then people got to know some of my views on, you know, skincare, like if ivory soap says it's 99.9% pure, pure what? You know, Mm -hmm. astringents don't close pores or who would have negative, you know, who would have pores if anti-cellulite products got rid of cellulite, who would have cellulite? And that kind of got me on television. And then eventually you know, on talk shows as a regular commentator and beauty issues. And then I got a regular gig as a reporter on one of the TV stations. And I just kept researching. And then I wrote my first book, Blue Eyeshadow Should Be Illegal, went on the Oprah Winfrey show. And she said, what, this is 1980, actually it was before she went uh, national. We're all sitting in the green room together. This was before she, you know, became the the god of talk shows. 
And she said, what you're doing is kind of like being a cosmetics cop, isn't it? And the handle just stuck. What does it mean? What is your stance as the cosmetics cop? Like what should be against the law in your opinion? Well, at the top of the list is misleading information. That's the that's the worst. The the crazy information, the myths that just don't go away. Probably at the top of the list is the endless myth about natural is good, synthetic is bad, which is just mm-hmm. such utter, utter nonsense. Jar packaging, jar packaging doesn't keep the, you know, the brilliant ingredients in the world of skincare stable. The myth that age is a skin type, that seasons are a skin type. Skin type is a skin type. I'm 67. I have oily skin and I still break out. If I use mm-hmm. products that were for mature, I hate that word, mature skin, I, I'd be a mess. I, I would look oilier than I look right now. Sounds to me like it's really about sort of policing misinformation and false marketing claims, right? Pretty As opposed much. to any one thing specifically. No. And I know in um, 1991, you published what would become your most popular book and a bestseller, Don't Go to the Beauty Counter Without Me. Tell us in, you know, what was your, like, what's your 30 second pitch on what that book was all about and why it was breakthrough at the time? The book series was called Don't Go to the Cosmetics Counter Without Me. And the idea was, what are you buying? What's in that product? And we were very lucky in the United States because in 1977, up until really the early 2000s, we were the only country that made ingredient listings on products mandatory. I mean, that was really a landmark. I mean, that made my career Mm -hmm. because it was one thing to know what the research said, but what the hell was in that product? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden the world opened up. And so it was just a compilation of what products were available from, I forget how many lines were in the book and just reviewed the contents. What were those ingredients and what were their benefits? Or what were, what could they do? What couldn't they do? And were they bad for skin? Were they good for skin? Were they good for certain skin types and not others? So it was just a, you know, a general overview of skincare theory and skin physiology. And then each product's review. It was literally like product by product. One of the last books I did, do you see that was like over four? That was like, mm-hmm. oh, right. It's it's not it's not video. <laughs> she has 14, a library. <laughs> it was fourteen hundred pages. Hey there. We've been talking about some hidden taboos in the beauty industry today, and I'm sliding in for a moment to talk about another one that really needs to be broken down in partnership with our friends at Nutrafol. I'm talking about thinning hair. Did you know that 30 million women are affected by thinning hair? And if you're one of them, you should really know that you're not alone. And there's something that you can do about it. Nutrafol supplements are here to help restore your hair and your confidence. They've got two targeted formulas that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding throughout all stages of life. I remember after I had my first child, like that ball of hair in the shower, whoa, that can be frightening. I wish I had Nutrafol back then. And check it out. In one clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. And they even work with over 1,500 physicians across the country who are now recommending Nutrafol to their patients. 
I love that it's in a really easy to use pill format. I just pop one of these babies in my mouth with my morning tea. It's a total no-brainer. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and help support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using promo code BEAUTY and new customers will get 20% off their subscription. This is their best offer available anywhere. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get 20% off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code BEAUTY. We're going to link to that offer on our blog and in our show notes. And now back to the interview. Paula, what was the impetus that made you decide it was time to start your own skincare line back in 94, 95, more than 25 years ago? I would like to say I had some highfalutin epiphany to create my products. But what it really boiled down to is I didn't want to write any more books. You know, I wasn't so fancy back Mm -hmm. in the day. I didn't have a team behind me to help. And I did it all myself. And I mean, you know what it takes to write something and what it takes, I think in 91 or 92, I, I forget the edition dates. The last book before I created my own line was 700 pages. And I wrote the whole thing myself. I didn't want to, I didn't want to write books anymore. And, but what I knew was skincare. I mean, I had worked with some of the, you know, to get information and, you know, the way, one of the ways I accumulated the research was I, you know, often talked with cosmetic chemists I respected who were published in the world of skincare, just felt like a natural extension of my work. And then I wouldn't have to write any more books, but that's not what happened. I fell in love with formulating products. I mean, that, you know, I had so much information about product formulary, but I couldn't give up sharing the knowledge in in my books. That was just something I was so committed to. So I did formulary and stayed writing the books, but my company grew, so I had help. I didn't have to do it all alone. So you launched one of the first direct-to-consumer beauty brands, quite honestly, with two sets of skincare routines, one for normal to oily skin and then one for normal to dry. So how do those compare to like what else was out there? I guess Clinique 123 seemed to be huge at the time. And obviously then there was drugstore right. and then there was like very premium things, the La Mers of the world. So were you trying to like fill a sweet spot or what was your MO there? So the so the the two major things that, I saw, aside from claims and formulary base, the two major things I saw that products were lacking, one one was sunscreen. We already knew about sun. We didn't know about UVA versus UVB. And I mean, there there was a lot about sun damage we didn't know about, but we knew about some of it. Uh, So a lot of cosmetic companies didn't have sunscreen. A lot of cosmetic companies weren't using antioxidants. And we already knew about the value. I mean, now it's like your products don't contain antioxidants. Why are you using it? Antioxidants are incredibly significant for skin. The knowledge of irritation and inflammation, damaging skin, causing aging, causing acne, making rosacea worse, worse, that was already known. So, and most products contained irritating ingredients, especially fragrance. So I was one of the first and still I'm one of the only truly fragrance-free lines. Everything was gentle, nothing irritating in the products. And then the other thing was to have, and, and to this day, was as somebody who had oily, acne skin, 
it is the rare product formulation back in the day that could truly be an all skin type product. Everybody needs the same basic ingredients, skin repairing ingredients, restoring, replenishing, antioxidants, sunscreen, but the texture of the product is different based on your skin type. So for somebody like me, I only use liquids and fluids and thin gels and thin lightweight serums with those brilliant ingredients. And then if you have normal to dry skin, you need creamier, richer kind of lotiony products. So I was one of the few lines uh, at the time, maybe I was the only one, but the basic concept about gentle fighting inflammation, fighting sun damage, fighting pollution, fighting irritation and inflammation is just, you, you simply can't have great skin. You can't have the skin you want if those elements of skincare are not being addressed. And so it wasn't until the year 2000 that you launched what would become the all-time bestseller, even to this day, as I understand it, it's the Paula's Choice 2% BHA liquid. I understand that you believe this to be one of the best products you've ever created. Tell us the backstory behind the making of this product, any little known foils along the way, and how you got to that final kind of liquid gold, as you call it. Everything was about AHAs back in the day. Everything, and still to this day, is about scrubs and, you know, which are just so, you know, just rip at skin and really aren't exfoliants because they can't go to where the dead layers of skin are, can only work on on the surface. And that's not really where the buildup is. I mean, it is to some extent, but it's, it tears at skin and that's actually inflammation and damaging and micro tears, really nasty. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Reading the research about BHA just was astounding to me. It had, not only was it an exfoliant, it had a long history. It also was anti-inflammatory. BHA is salicylic acid. It's related to aspirin, which is acetyl salicylic acid. So it has the anti-inflammatory properties of aspirin and it has antibacterial properties. So it, so it's a triple header if you have acne, right? And I had acne and it literally calms down the redness, exfoliates, it exfoliates in the pore directly because it's hydrophilic. Uh, it likes lipids, so it gets through lipids, the fats in the pore. So it restructures the pore, makes it a healthier shape. I mean, it was, the research was compelling. And then the question was, is how do you carry it into skin? So when I first formulated it, nobody liked it. Nobody in my team wanted me to launch it. It has a slick mm -hmm. texture. Very it's unique. Not, it's not, it's, it's, it's not a typical texture. Mm -hmm. But from the first time I put it on my face, my pores looked different. Redness was diminished. The, the acne breakouts didn't, I mean, didn't last as long. The, I mean, on and on. And I said, you know, it's Paula's choice. <laughs> the buck stops here. <laughs> We're launching it. And it is one of our most popular products globally. So we know you use the BHA every day still, sunscreen. What about, are there any professional beauty treatments that are worth the money, would you say? I'm just curious what you think. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, 
I'm 67. Wait, which I mean, I'm 67. <laughs> I am always surprised when people say, oh, you don't look like you've had any work done. And I go, oh, really? Women my age know I've had work done. <laughs> but when people want to use celebrity uh, plastic surgeons, and I'm thinking, all you have to do is look at celebrities and see though that that is not the direction. Yeah. So it, you have to pick and choose very carefully. And there's skill sets that are very significant. Cosmetic corrective procedures along with brilliant skincare. I'm not telling anybody to go get cosmetic corrective procedures yeah, yeah, or yeah. plastic surgery, but what we often hope we will get from skincare just isn't possible. It's not possible. I would love, yeah. believe me, I would love to be able to say I look like this because of Paula's choice, but I'd be lying and I don't lie. So <laughs> it's not something I'm ever going to say. Let's pause for a moment to shout out our skin barrier, courtesy of our friends at Strivectin. So right this very moment, I'm looking out my window and we are having our first heavy duty snowfall. Like I'm talking white covering everything kind of blanket of a snowfall. And I actually love this feeling of being cocooned inside all warm and cozy and protected. And that's kind of what a good barrier cream does for your skin. It nourishes while acting as almost like a shield to keep out cold wind and other aggressors from harming that essential layer that sometimes we kind of take for granted. That's why these days I'm leaning heavily into creams specifically designed for this exact purpose, like Strivectin's Wrinkle Recode Moisture Rich Barrier Cream. It's specially formulated with a one-to-one-to-one biomimetic ratio, they call it, of ceramides, fatty acids, and cholesterol. That's like essential lipids that help strengthen skin's barrier. And then they have this patented form of niacin called Nia 114 that's been backed by like three decades of research. And that's going to help improve the overall health, making it like thicker and stronger. And since it also helps with the look of fine lines and dehydration, I've even been able to use the Wrinkle Recode Rich Cream in place of my night cream in the evening as well. And I really like how thick and like whippy it is. Just feels so nice. And again, like cocooned on my dry skin at night. I love that. So if you want to help improve your skin's barrier, head on over to strivectin.com and sign up for their newsletter. New email subscribers will receive 15% off your first order. That's strivectin, S-T-R-I-V-E-C-T-I-N.com for 15% off your first order. Now let's get back to today's guest. We want to talk to you really quickly about some myths. And, you know, obviously we've heard a lot about the myth of parabens being not good for you. You know, they're on a lot of formulators, no list because of consumer demand, not for safety reasons. So what's the biggest rising myth that you have been seeing in skincare lately that sort of ruffles your feathers or kind of gets you upset because you're just like, it's just so blatantly wrong or false, but people are believing it. I think some of the big ones that are actually dangerous is the notion that sunscreens are bad. We're afraid of sunscreens, and that one drives me nuts. You need to be afraid of the sun. The sun is the number one carcinogenic thing in our environment. The research about, actually, recent research that's just blown me away because I always thought, you know, 
you run a risk of cancer, especially if you're Caucasian, from sun damage. But it turns out that regardless uh, of, I mean, not regardless, but you know, not just skin cancer, but sun damage actually affects your insides and uh, because of the inflammation cascade event it creates and actually runs a higher risk of other body cancers. Mm-hmm. So the fear, and then there's this whole thing about you need sun exposure for vitamin D. And it turns out that getting a tan blocks vitamin D. People of Indian descent that have, you know, brown skin tone, African, African-Americans that have darker skin tones, melanin totally blocks, but blocks enough that prevents your body from making vitamin D. So they are actually chronically and pandemically short of, you know, have a vitamin D deficiency. The other myth that we've been running into a lot is this thing that you can't use retinol during the day and you can't Mm -hmm. use retinol with vitamin C. What the hell? Where did that come from? I've seen no research retinol is natural in skin. It's just that because of sun damage, there's a lot of substances our skin can't make anymore. So you have to give your skin what it needs. It's there in your skin during the day. What are you going to pump it out of your skin because you can't go outside with retinol on your face uh, during the day? Well, we want to make sure we have time for a few of our listener questions that came in through our Facebook chat room. But first, I just wanted to bring up a little factoid that I read about on uh, Wikipedia, which was that you had a podcast at one point. Is that true? We thought we were early to the game, one of the first beauty podcasts, but I read that you had one. You did myth busting. You talked about beauty industry news, best and worst products, and you put it on hiatus in 2013. You know, I I had blogs before anybody had blogs and because I was early. I'm old. Some of it is, look at you, you guys are babies. You guys are still in diapers. All right. Listener questions. Jill, set it off. Okay. So Adela asks, how many actives in one routine is too many actives and why? So there is really not a concept of too many. It's really a concept are the actives you're using addressing your skincare needs, depending on how much sun damage you have, depending if you have rosacea, acne, seborrhea, sebaceous hyperplasia, depending on your skincare needs and your skin type, the number of actives you need really depend on what's going on with your skin. So the more advanced damage you have, the more advanced concerns you have, the more actives, bioactive ingredients is really the term, your skin is going to need. I don't think anybody can get enough antioxidants. We put antioxidants in, I mean, other than our cleansers, we put antioxidants in everything. You can't get enough antioxidants. Your skin is hungry for antioxidants. If you have acne, you need the active ingredients to treat acne, same, you know, rosacea, you have advanced signs of sun damage, you're going to need more vitamin C and more niacinamide and, you know, maintenance isn't going to do it for you, higher levels of retinol. So it, it really depends on your, what's going on for your skin, what it needs. The limit okay. does not exist. That is what I heard. The limit, the limit does not exist. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, people it's always, you know, I, I formulated yeah. 150 products. I certainly don't use everything I've created, 
I use the products that meet my skin type, meet my skincare needs. You don't have to use everything, but you don't have to worry about the actives. You just have to worry that the product is well formulated and the texture meets your skin type and the actives that you do use in whatever treatment products or boosters have what your skin needs. Well, we're going to zero in on one of those ingredients because Rachel would like to know, what do you think of tranexamic acid? Is it better than others? Pretty damn good. The research about it is emerging. Research I've seen says it's pretty damn good. We're looking at comparisons. One is the research about it improving skin color and skin tone and brown discolorations from sun damage and pollution damage. Actually, pollution causes skin discolorations. So there's definitely research showing in in of itself, it's pretty damn good. We're curious how it would work in combination with other ingredients known for improving skin tone, like mm-hmm vitamin C, azelaic acid. The initial research is very, very impressive. So when people hear that ingredient, maybe they're going to start hearing more about it as more research emerges. They should think about hyperpigmentation. Yes, that, that, that's what that's it's for. what to associate that, it for? Okay, got that's it. Really got what it. It's, that's really what the got research it. is about. I mean, I'm sure it probably has antioxidant properties. That's mm-hmm. often the case, but that that's not what we've been we've been looking at as, as we look at the research. And is there another emerging ingredient you think is going to pop off next? The research about Bacchiol, that's been something over the past few years. It doesn't replace retinol. doesn't work like retinol, has nothing to do with retinol. Retinol is a cell communicating ingredient. There are receptor sites on the skin cell Retinol can actually sit down on that cell and say, hey, cell, stop making old sun-damaged cells, start making younger cells. And the cell listens. Bacchiol doesn't do that. Bacchiol rather has different pathways as it addresses to tell skin to make even skin tone, works as an antioxidant. So actually, when we made our retinol, when we started using Bacchiol, we put it together with retinol because mm-hmm. it seems to enhance the benefits of what retinol does. I think the other ingredient that we started using that is fascinating, fortunately, the misinformation about it is maddening, is CBD, cannabidiol, from the cannabis plant. And the research about the effectiveness of CBD, and CBD is is not a trend. Well, it is a trend, but it ain't going away. It certainly isn't going away for Paula's Choice. It is probably one of the most, actually, I think it's the only cell communicating anti-inflammatory ingredient I've ever come across. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. It's phenomenal. And the research indicates that it is most effective when it has its friends with it, when it has other cannabinoids. So again, there's nothing wrong with synthetic CBD but it is what they call CBD isolate, which it's only CBD. That's good, but I think the research is, shows that the full spectrum version is, is really the way to go. Cells, like I said, have receptor sites. Different ingredients, there are you know, there's sites that the cell can recognize and the ingredient communicates, you know, do something different, stop 
you know, stop having problems. CBD, there's actually the whole, and again, if I'm going down a rabbit hole, forgive me, but I find CBD fascinating. The body, the human body has an endocannabinoid system. It has a very intricate, elaborate endocannabinoid system. It makes its own cannabinoids. And skin has a huge network of endocannabinoid communicating cells. So they're called CB1 and CB2. So the cannabinoid can absorb into skin, find the skin cell and say, I want you to ignore the inflammation. I want you to stop responding to the inflammation around you. So our last question is from Ian. I believe he's in New Zealand. Hey, Ian. What does the future of skincare look like? And like, what's the next generation of our routines that maybe we can't even imagine right now? Like if you had a vision board for five, 10 years out from now. What we know that is changing the face of skincare if companies pay attention is that inflammation is is a killer from the inside out, the outside in. In fact, it has a term that I'm sure you've heard called inflammaging. We are learning newer and newer ways to interrupt the cascade event of inflammation in skin. And that research has been growing for decades. And so in the next 10 years, I imagine you know, between peptides and niacinamide and retinol, you know, ceramides, on and on, everything we can do to interrupt inflammation from the time we are born. Like people always ask me, when should we start using anti-aging products? And I always say from birth, from the day you're born, because, you know, the next day you're older. The sun is out there and pollution is out there and baby products contain irritating bad ingredients for skin. They don't contain soothing, softening, you know, pollution interrupting antioxidants. What happens to skin from the day we're born throughout life and what we can do to pay attention to diet and what we put on topically to interrupt inflammation blows my mind. Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday. Let's